listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. to the Forward 10 Yards podcast. I'm your host Tim and today we will have my team, my thoughts and episode I think number nine with Seattle Seahawks with Neil Elliott. But before we do that, the countdown is on to the start of the NFL season. We have 78 days left. Uh, I've been posting out obviously days to go with, with players in each, in each jersey. I'll try and find the best ones but there's, spoiler alert, there's a lot of Dallas ones uh, en route. Obviously the Great Wall of Dallas. If you enjoy the World Cup, uh, well done. And <laughs> do you know what I say? It's just a means. I, mean, I, I actually quite watch quite a lot more of the World Cup than I thought I was going to do, but essentially it's just a means to an end. Today I am wearing a Detroit Lions Reggie Bush jersey, as I don't have a Seattle Seahawks one to wear for this podcast. A couple of bits of news to get into before we get into the main portion of the show. If you want to get in touch with us at Full 10 Yards on social media, Instagram, Twitter, I uh, can also now happily announce that we are on Google Podcasts, uh, just Spotify, left to go, the swines. So onwards and upwards, uh, like I say, if you want to subscribe, leave us a review, uh, just so that it's not only my wife that has done that, uh, and also all my burner accounts. <laughs> That's how people do it these days. Uh, a couple of players, that I just, just thought I'd mention this out actually, people play big big names that are still holding out uh, contracts, disputes, um, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, sorry, uh, the defensive lineman for the Rams, uh, Khalil Mack, Julio Jones, L. Thomas, Lev Bell, David Johnson and Taylor Lewin, quite a lot of um, big, big, big names there obviously holding out in the hopes that they get a, a mega pay deal and to be fair quite a lot of those are criminally underpaid so obviously when the season comes around they'll they'll put up and shut up and get on the field so part of me wonders why they even bother but it's the, it's the agent's fault in the first place for not getting them a, a better contract to start with so I mean I think Dave Johnson's coming out of, just coming out of his, his rookie deal now so and Lev Bell obviously the great Lev Bell wants to be paid to his skill set and you know not be paid the franchise tag but it's, it's looking likely that that will be the case and they'll run him into the ground and then set him off into the sunset next season but um, yeah there we go so be interesting to see if any of those kind of play out and get a bit more bitter but you know like I say once the, once the season starts they, they, they're not willing to put their wages on the line and, and suffer the consequences of that so you can you can rest assured that they will all see the, the field in week one uh, and obviously the biggest news of the week uh, is a report I saw that Cole Beasley has been tried on the outside I mean, just it just grates me, grates me so much. I mean, this this is a guy who can't get separation in the slot position. Uh, got rid of Des Bryant, so our, our imagination, I use air quotes there, our imagination is to put Cole Beasley on the outside. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? Guy's five foot six. He's 186, 196 pounds, which is really really low for 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 you know a, a decent wide receiver. You know, if, if you're putting Cole Beasley back out in the slot, bring Des, Des Bryant back, put him in the slot, because you know, you'll add a few years onto his onto his uh, onto his playing career. But, you know, unless Cole Beasley's running down the sideline with a, a one foot step ladder, he's he's not going to catch any balls. He's he's not got he's not fast enough. He's not elusive enough. He's not got great hands. Just why why bother? Why bother? Um, you know he can't he can't get open when he's in the slot position. So what makes you think he's going to get open in in a in a out wide when he's facing decent corners, especially in that in that division as well? So I mean I don't know. Hopefully that's Dallas's idea of some dumb smoke screen, but 
My God. Uh, just further, further note on that, it's obviously, uh, I think it's been reported that quite a lot of the snaps, first team reps and the wide receiver one stuff has gone to Alan Hearns. So he's he's a guy that you probably want to take more than Michael Gallup maybe in redraft leagues this year. I'll probably still take Michael Gallup. Uh, I still have a lot of hope for Michael Gallup that he'll he'll ascend to the top of that, that really poor depth chart. But um, like I say, you don't want to hear 45, me- 45 minutes of me ranting on about the Dallas Cowboys. You're obviously here for the Seahawks. You're obviously here for my team, my thoughts. Uh, just before we do get into that, obviously, if you're not following us on Twitter or you're not subscribing to the podcast, please do. We'd love to get a bit of a following. We're, I think we're up to 130-odd followers on social media. And when we get to 500, of course, we will be giving away a free jersey. But without further ado, let's get into the My Team, My Thoughts segments. I mean, it's like we've been joined by Neil Elliott. Um, so let's get into it. Okay, so joining us on the line now, we have Neil Elliott, a Seattle Seahawks fan. We will find out how long he has been a Seattle Seahawks fan. Hopefully it's uh, it's a bit longer than the the, the, the Russell Wilson era, so um, I'm hoping that it's, it's a little bit longer than that. So, Neil, how are you doing, buddy? Are you okay? I'm fine, Tim. How are you? Yeah, we're not too bad. We're not too bad. Looking forward for this, to this one, because Seattle is uh, very much a team that have, have, have had a lot of changes in the off-season, so be interesting to see from a, from a Seahawks fan point of view what... How how you're feeling as a fan? But before we get before we get into that, obviously, you, that, that, how I know you is from a, an NFL fantasy uh, for fantasy NFL UK fans page on Facebook, and which is, has quite a lot of members actually. I think over three and a half thousand members. So, did you what? How how did that come about? Obviously, you're an admin of 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 the of the group. But uh, do you want to just give us a bit yeah. of background into that? I've been an admin of that probably for about twelve months now. The group was started by. Freddie Harper Davis okay. uh, from Plymouth. Yep. He started it uh, probably about 18 months ago now, and the group has really grown and grown and grown. Yeah. And during last season, it really, really took off. And like you said, we're now up around three and a half thousand members, which I think is only two or three hundred less than the official NFL UK group. So it's nice. really, really strong. Really yeah. enjoy it. Really good bunch of people on it. Nice. Yeah, so yeah, let's have a, a bit of background into your your Seattle Seahawks and NFL kind of uh, what's the word? Like how how you've gotten into into the game and, and mainly the Seahawks as well. So, do you want to give us a bit of background into that? Yeah, well, I started watching the NFL when it first came on the Channel Four in the mid eighties. Okay, yeah, I think a lot of people from my age range did. Uh, I think it was around about the time I was trying to remember today. I think it was around about the time that there was a distinct lack of first division football on TV. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't any match of the day or anything like that at the time. And I think that's one of the only sports that was actually regularly on TV. And Channel Four did a highlight show on a Sunday night, I think it was. And I remember it was Bonnie Tyler did the theme tune for a wee while. <laughs> and that was really how I got into it. And it was right about the time that the Chicago Bears were winning the Super Bowl and the Patriots had a good, their first good side. Uh, the Steelers were quite strong and the Miami Dolphins were quite strong. Yeah. Dan Marino at quarterback. Yeah. Okay, so, so what made you choose Seattle? Was there a particular reason or was it uh, was it uniforms? Was yeah, it logos? I, I, remember, I remember watching it one Sunday night and they had this guy came on called Brian Bosworth. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I heard of him. And I don't know if you remember him, but he was... Absolutely crazy, really flamboyant, mad hair, and he was just an absolutely phenomenal player. Mm. Yeah, well, I think I think it was a bit before my time. I was born in '85, so 
Um, he's, he's, he, the name rings a bell. It's not someone I'm obviously too familiar with back then. So, um, okay, yeah, so that's, that's quite interesting. So do you watch, um, how in, into the NFL are you? Do you have Game Pass subscription? Do you watch quite a lot of the games? Yeah, so the, the, the full Game Pass subscription, I normally watch the, always watch the 6 o'clock game on the Sunday night and the 9 o'clock game, and depending what time I'm starting work on the Monday, we'll stay off for the, the late game. Always have, if I'm day off during the week, We'll always have uh, good morning football on at midday. Yeah. Not, not, not. Don't, fa- don't fancy a bit of good morning Britain with Piers Morgan then. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Kate Adams and Nate Burleson. Yeah, yeah. Be a, be a difference. Yeah, it's, it's a really good show actually. If anybody doesn't watch it, I really enjoy it. it. It really goes about all the teams and yeah, I really enjoy it. Oh, I was worried for a second then you were talking about Good Morning Britain, but there we are. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> no, no. Um, okay, so what, as a, as a Seattle fan, then obviously you've been a fan for, for longer than the Russell Wilson era, so what, what kind of, yeah. obviously, favourite moments more recently were, um, well, obviously the Super Bowl win. The Super Bowl 48 against the Broncos, that yeah. was a, a long wait, really, from 1984, so you're talking 30 odd years really to yep. get to that stage. Yeah, what was Seattle like in the 80s then for, for someone that's not as knowledgeable as me or people that maybe are a bit younger for, for that? What was they, they were one of the new franchise teams in the 80s, so it took them quite a long while to get developed and established. And they yep. started off in the AFC and they were in the same division as Denver, so they, they really struggled because Denver around that time were a really strong team with Elway at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing. So it took Seattle a long time to get established. They did hit the Super Bowl in the early 2000s, and they played the Steelers. They did. That was, that was first, my first uh, Super Bowl. I watched that one. No, you remember that one? I remember that one. I was the first. I was. I was at university. I was a bit drunk, and it was on the telly. Whilst I was, I was waiting for my game in a pool, com- a pool competition. It was on. I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. So that that match, that Steelers game, got me in, into the NFL. Oh, that's good. I think the officials were a bit drunk that night as well. <laughs> Decisions rank is the top ten worst decisions ever. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, that doesn't surprise me. No. So, so, so I suppose, I suppose uh, with, with most fans, I suppose the favourite moments and the worst moments are either Super Bowl losses or Super Bowl wins. I suppose. But is there any maybe anything? Um, if I remember correctly as well, there was a big playoff game of being a Dallas fan. The botched extra point, I think, wasn't it? Where Romo scoops it up yeah. and then got tackled. Was it, that, that stings still? But uh... it still does, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't sting as much as the not running the ball from the one yard line. Yeah, I, I did. I did wonder how many minutes we'd get into before that. That that kind of got um, that. I've actually written that down. I've put Lynch slash Butler uh, play. So we've got we've got a couple of minutes in. So we got us further than I thought we would do. But uh, yeah, surely surely that one stings. There's a lot of memes on the back of that one. It does sting, but I always look back to the play before it, where I think we were probably on about the forty-yard line, yeah. and Wilson threw a pass to Curse. Was it? Oh, that was the, that was the miracle, catch, miracle catch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was a bit of instant karma, I think, for the luck that we got then actually completing that play. Yeah, remember that. And it bit us very soon afterwards. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so it, it, obviously, do you watch? Um, does your NFL or American football love expand to say some Britain or college stuff as well? But either in in America or the home stuff over here. I haven't watched any football. Okay. Because I work Saturdays and then Sundays is normally just for watching the NFL. But I do sure. tend to go and watch a couple of teams. When I went to this Kilbride game a couple of weeks ago, I had the Manchester Times QB on the, on the podcast as well. But I was very surprised at how in depth and how 
intricate the game is over here. Obviously, the quality is not quite there yet, but do try and get along if, if you can. I say, if, you, if you're ever at the game, give us a shout and um, let's say we'll share a bit. I'm involved in a group. I don't know whether you've seen the group. We're called Hail Mary Heads. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a member of that. Yeah. Now, certainly, I've given the, the shout out to Hail Mary Hits on a couple of previous podcasts as well. But um, yeah, I don't know if you want to take a minute or two just to explain what the, the, the deeper workings of, of that group. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Mark Holden and I set it up uh, probably about two or three months ago now. We had a lot of feedback on the fan page. They wanted us to run raffles for memorabilia yeah. from over in America. So we decided to set it up as a separate group. And we also wanted to try and look at raising some money to support the local football teams or flag football teams yeah. to try and get it really going in this country. So we've got a few jerseys over and a few helmets and some mini helmets. We did a full-size Gronk helmet, uh, a mini Russell Wilson, a mini Matt Ryan. Um, we recently just raffled a JJ Watt jersey. And yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. And we've now established a membership scheme. Yeah. So for anybody that wants to join, I think it's £20 a year, and we're entering everybody into a raffle, and in that raffle we've got a Brady jersey, a Rogers jersey, a Gurley helmet, Fool's helmet. Uh, you'll have to forgive me, I've forgotten the rest of the helmet. But there's no. Well, what, helmets and the, the two big jerseys. Yeah, no, what I will say is that, too, yeah, being a member of that fan, I've seen some of the stuff that comes through in there. It's good, it's, it's actually really good quality stuff. So, yeah, anyone that's interested in getting into to that, to those, fully, fully suggest, uh, add, you know, going, going into that group there on Facebook. Do you have a social media like Twitter and, and Instagram as well that they handle there? We have a Twitter and we have a Facebook page. So if you do Facebook Hail Mary V Hicks, then yeah. it's on there. And if you if you put it into Twitter, it should come up on Twitter. But if anybody wants the details, they can certainly get hold of me. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll point them in the right direction. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with Neil Elliott, it's at Neil Elliott. That's N E I L L E L L I O T. Um, yeah, no, no, very, I very much uh, second second all the stuff that you, you've said there. Obviously, it's a, it's a good cause. It's helping fund the, the grassroots game over here, but you, you're also getting some, yeah. you know, you might get the odd chance of getting a signed helmet or a signed shirt or any other stuff that you may venture yeah. into going on, going on into the year. Yeah, it's all the official NFL stuff from the NFL store. From yeah. Fanatics. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really good uh, actual really, stuff. Really quality stuff, yeah. yeah. None of this, none of this stuff from, from, from Poland or, or China. No, no. no. <laughs> Which is a lot, of, trust me, a lot of that is on eBay. Um, let, let's move. Let's move on. Let's move swiftly on. Um, so now, let's let's talk about Seahawks. Then obviously last season missed out on the playoffs, which uh, is which is unusual for a Seattle team in the Russell Wilson era. But obviously there's there's plenty of of reasons for that. The main one being the terrible offensive line play. You know, his Russell Wilson was was at most times a rabbit in the headlights. Um, you know, under centre and. A bit, a bit unlucky at the running back position in terms of injury. Chris Carson, Eddie Lacy was awful, and Thomas Rawls and, and CJ Procise and JD McKissick and all the rest of the supporting cast there were were, yeah. were injured as well. But uh, yeah, how, how, what was it for you? What was it like for you as a Seattle fan? Obviously, you, used to having playoff games and, and games in in January. But yeah, what, how, sum up sum up last season from from your perspective. I actually think we didn't have too bad a season. Uh, we only missed out on the playoffs by one game, yeah. and considering the injuries that we had on the offensive line and the fact that we couldn't do anything with it, I think to finish the season as we did was quite strong. Yeah. Uh, we 
beat the Eagles, we beat the Cowboys, we beat the Texans. So we did beat some really, really good, strong teams. We just seemed to fall away very much at the end. I remember the Rams absolutely battered us at home. Yeah. And then we, we lost to the Redskins at Century Lane. And then in the last game of the season, the Cardinals beat us there, which is something that's unheard of. Yeah. The Russell Wilson era is that losing to these teams by these scores at home. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, looked, I did a bit of reading about last season, and we actually lost three games on Blair Walsh with his field goals. Okay. Didn't know that. Yep. And I, if you think that, that's just a field goal in all these three games, that could have turned us around and put us into the, the top of the division yeah. quite easily yeah. if these things had gone our way. Now, I know Blair Walsh is now off to pastures new, and I don't even think he's got another team yet, but I actually don't think the season was as bad as it actually looked from the end of the season stats. Yeah. The, the offensive line, I think, they tried to sort it at the start of the year, and we lost Fant and Joko really early with injuries, and they just weren't there. And the guy, if he was in his first season at right tackle, and he'd been a guard the season before. So I think all the, the elements of a good offensive line were there. I just don't think... They gelled in the first season and they got as much luck as they could with injuries. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping that the change in offensive coordinator will bring something different. Uh, I think another big factor there was, um, as fantastic a tight end as he is, Jimmy Graham couldn't even block my granny when she had the ball. <laughs> no. He was absolutely awful as a blocking tight end. So it yeah. left us really exposed. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, yeah, Luke, Luke Wilson's the, the main uh, blocking tight end there, obviously, but he's also, he's also left as well. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Graham, you don't really bring him in to, to block anyway, but, you yeah, know, certainly, obviously, considering how bad the offensive line was, regardless of, you know, injuries or, or you know, how, how well they played, you know, you, you'd think that you'd you'd address that by putting Luke Wilson in a bit more, maybe, and or, or even, yeah, well, good, yeah, good for being about Jimmy Graham block, but, the, you know, you need someone to catch the ball at the end of the day, and, you know, the Seahawks aren't, yeah. weren't blessed with depth at the wide receiver position either. No, and, and I know that we did a huge trade for Dwayne Brown at the start of the season, and he got injured in the second game as well, Yeah, which really put a lot of pressure on him. It, you, you, it was like, whenever we had the ball and Russell snapped it, you, you were kind of looking at it, well, please don't get injured, please don't get injured. Yeah, absolutely. And I just hope that they've improved it this year so that we're not going to be relying on him to be doing so much rushing. No, that's true. Uh, the... Running back, I mean, Eddie Lacy, the less we say about Eddie Lacy, the better I think. I think that was an experiment that uh, they thought they could get something out of him and it just didn't work. No, I mean, that, it's pretty much low risk, low, uh, potentially high reward there. But um, yeah, like I say, if, if you pick Eddie Lacy up and he, he goes back to his like his rookie running at, at Green Bay, then you've, you've got a bit of a steal there. And considering, I, I think it's probably nothing more than really a depth move, but I think they kind of. No. Lost the identity there a little bit, and they didn't really know what they wanted to do, and they had too many too many cooks spoiling, spoiling the broth. That I suppose uh, is is best oh, way absolutely. best way to put it. But yeah, once they all started dropping like flies, I mean Russell Wilson like, didn't Russell Wilson score the only rushing touchdown for the Seahawks last season? Well, he was our top rushing back. Yeah, running back, second top running back was Chris Carson, who actually only played three or four games. Yeah, so that proves to tell you what kind of season we had after he went down injured. Now he started off really well and they have actually got quite high hopes for him in the coming season and I'd love to see him move on and 
towards the end of the season, we had a bit of success with Mike Davis and, and J.D. McKissick, but I look at J.D. McKissick as a bit more of a receiver than a running back. Yeah, yeah. He's it, well, just an extension of C.J. Prostas, I suppose. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you also mentioned on there that uh, Schottenheimer is obviously the new coach uh, for, for next season. He's a, he's very much a running, uh, he's an, an inspiring coach, in my opinion. I don't know if you have a different opinion on that. But yeah, he's, he's a very much a running, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out of Seattle, Pete Carroll and the, all the coaching staff there that they want to go be uh, a running, a run first team and not put so much on, on Russell Wilson, obviously. But the problem is with that, that there's no more defense there either. Then absolutely decimated this offseason. I've never... We still don't know what's going to happen with Earl Thomas. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Cam Chancellor. His injury at the end of last season seemed quite bad. bad and we still had confirmation on that. So we could end up not just losing Sherman and Bennett, but we could also end up losing Chancellor. And his name just popped in my head. Probably maybe the, our top five best defensive guys gone in one offseason. I absolutely love Griffin. Not Shaquem, Shaquille Griffin, Sherman's replacement, and no, he's been moved over to the left. Yeah. Uh, to be a light for light replacement for Sherman, because he did play a lot on the right last year, and I was really impressed with how he played in that role. So I really have high hopes for him as becoming the next Richard Sherman and in that position. Yeah. Uh, we still have Bobby Wagner, yeah. who is just an unbelievable defensive player and we still have KDJ Wright so we do still have a lot of quality in that defence yeah uh, I actually wouldn't be too disappointed to see Earl Thomas go I hate all this going on Twitter saying I love the Seahawks and I want to stay there forever but, <laughs> you know he doesn't want to stay there he wants yeah. to go to Cowboys he wants to get paid and best yeah. of luck to him yeah no I mentioned that at the top of the podcast um, yeah Earl Thomas obviously I think Seattle's asking price is a bit high at the moment they have, to, they have to come down a bit on that to obviously yeah you know, at the end of the day the only reason these players hold out is just because they want money so moving on to the draft obviously um, Rashad Penny was the one of the major eyebrow raises of, of the first round if not the whole draft how how did you find that Seattle kind of negotiated the draft do you think that they, they I mean it's a bit of a rhetorical question but do you, do you think that they really addressed what, what you thought they needed to do obviously the, the outgoings of Rich Sherman and, and the rest of them on defence would you have thought they maybe should have gone a bit more defensively minded in the draft I actually was surprised we even picked in the first round <laughs> Oh, have this track record traded out of the first round. Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, good point. Uh, to, to try and pick up bargains in the fourth and the fifth. So to stay in the first round was quite a surprise to start with. And I must admit, when they announced Penny running back San Diego State, I was absolutely gobsmacked. But then it wasn't a player that I had read off on or looked because I just thought that we were happy with Carson and we would go and try and bolster the defence and the offensive line. So I then did a bit more research on him. And I think all the muster and everything was about Saquon Barkley, and rightly so. And I think a lot of the other running backs in the draft kind of went under the radar then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know that Pete Carroll says that as soon as they drafted him, there was a couple of teams on the phone straight away wanting to trade. Yeah, I've heard that as well, yeah. What I've seen of him, he actually looks like a fantastic prospect. Mm. And I think to, to get him where we did is, is a bit of a steal, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, similar to... Yeah, I mean, similar to Barkley, obviously, if you... If you've got a good running back but you haven't got much of a line, you're probably not going to be able to see the best out of a sharp penny for maybe a year or two until that. No. 
that line maybe gets addressed. But yeah, you've got a mobile quarterback as well, and that really helps the running game. And you know, the guy from the San Diego State, uh, he, can, he can catch passes out the backfield as well. So he can do a three down three down job. So we just be interested to see a how how he transforms over to the NFL and b kind of what production he can get with all the yeah. with all the faults that are apparent, obviously in 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 that offense. Yes, it's, Seattle don't appear to be the type of team that takes these rookies and throws them out the deep end. I think they always like to work with them yeah. for a season before they actually bring them on. I, I, I can't honestly remember the last time a rookie, especially on offense for Seattle, came and straight out the blocks for a first season, like a Fournette or a Camaro or someone like that. I don't yeah. remember that with Seattle. No. That might be to do with the fact we've trained out so often, so we've never actually <laughs> yeah, had a first round back before. No, so true. It will be interesting to see. If he dovetails in with Chris Carson, especially. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. It'd be interesting to see. Although I think the Rashad Penny probably has all all of the makings of a you know going to be the week one starter. There, there are still a couple of storylines in the back in the backfield there. And I think you still have CJ Prosize as well. And you did you release him? I can't, I can't remember. He's yeah, kind of, still have, yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what did you make of obviously all the rest of the draft? Obviously Shaquem Griffin to join his brother Shaquille. Um, was obviously one of the greatest stories and storylines going into the draft. Obviously, has the guy's got one at one hand. Obviously, um, plays linebacker. Trey Flowers was another one. I think was a uh, one of the better picks for for Seattle. Is there any anything that you really want to comment on in terms of no, of, the, of the draft? Uh, I thought I thought Trey Flowers was a good pick to put him at right corner, and then obviously move Griffin over to the left uh, would be a, a good move. Uh, absolutely screamed the house down when they got Shaquem. I thought that was a fantastic move. Uh, to put him there with his brother, I think, was a very sensible decision. Yeah. I think where the guy's come from and what he's achieved, I don't think he's going to be the type of guy that's going to win to the NFL and think he's made it. I think he's going to work every day, and I really, really hope he improves the success. Yeah, no, it certainly is. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, one one pick that did, uh, what's the word, did baffle me a little bit. Obviously, fifth round, taking Michael Dixon, the punter out of Texas. Um, <laughs> considering considering all the needs that, that Seattle had and probably in, putting them in terms of priority, I'm not quite sure running back and punter were ones that I thought would be addressed. Um, but yeah. yeah. You know, it's probably as much as a surprise the running back, but if, if you can get a pick for a punter that puts... 90 to 95% of his punts within the 10-yard line, then that's a huge, huge thing, I think, yeah. for the team. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm just being pedantic yeah. and spitting hairs, to be quite honest. But, yeah. Yeah, no, it was quite, it was quite surprised. Seattle wasn't wasn't really a draft that I took, paid too much attention to, apart from Rashad Penny. But, yeah, I saw that in there and it made me, made me chuckle, considering that the, the depth, the depth <laughs> no. weaknesses that they have there in Seattle at the moment. I mean, he is. He's someone like the highest-rated punter it's come out in college history, so yeah. it would be fantastic to see what he can achieve. Because I think he came from an Australian rules football background. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, I know I know he's got a massive leg. Yeah. There's one of his punts doing the rounds on YouTube in practice, and he's punting maybe the whole length of the field. It's absolutely phenomenal. Wow, I'll have, so to, I'll have to check that out. To see anyway. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Let's just uh, go back to let's go back a couple of weeks um, from, from the draft and just free agency. Let's just... Uh, have a rundown of obviously the ins and outs. Obviously, Jimmy Graham, uh, like you mentioned, has left now to go to Green Bay. Um, Paul, Richardson, Paul Richardson has gone to uh, Redskins. Luke Wilson, I think, has gone to Detroit, off the top of my head. And then uh, Thomas Rawls, obviously, has departed to uh, join the muddy backfield of the New York Jets. 
quite a lot, quite a lot of talent on there from from last season uh, that has left. Obviously, Jimmy Graham was a, was a big red zone guy, and uh, like, obviously that's what he was brought in for. Paul Richardson, I thought, had a, had a had a fairly good season last season. Um, got got quite a lot of big bomb plays from from Russell Wilson scrambling. Uh, Luke Wilson, like I say, is, is a blocking tight end, so that's obviously gone. But he's been replaced by Ed Dixon from Carolina. Uh, and then the only other, only other really yeah. notable guy on offense was Jerome Brown, and he's not really worth mentioning at all, really. But um, absolutely what? not. No, <laughs> no. Um, and that was Brandon Marshall obviously signed very recently as well. And but from what he showed last season, I think he's he's quite washed up personally. But it'd be interesting to see what kind of production they can get out of him. But again, I just think he's he's more of a replacement for Jimmy Graham. To be, to be quite honest, I think quite a lot of the targets that have left Seattle will go to Sharp Penny. Yeah, I was surprised that I wasn't surprised that Jimmy Graham went. I, I don't think that was on a production or a performance level. That was purely on a salary level. Yeah, yeah. That we 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 could have paid him what he wanted. I, I mean, as a receiving tight end in the red zone, I don't think there's anybody better than Jimmy Graham. Mm. Uh, he didn't seem to be able to catch the ball very well when he wasn't in the red zone, but no. in the red zone he was just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And I think Ed Dixon will be the starting tight end with. Nick Bannett hopefully having a breakout season as tight end too, really. Yeah. Uh, but I'm definitely thinking we're not we're going to be switching to a more blocking tight end than the receiving tight end that Jimmy Graham was. Yeah. And I was I was very surprised that they lost Richardson because I was like, you know, I'm always quite impressed when he plays. He always, he always just pops up. Uh, yeah, he always... I mean, obviously, Doug is Russell's number one receiver. Fever always has been and always will be. Yeah. Uh, and his production is absolutely phenomenal. But we do need alternatives for that. I always felt that Richardson was a really good receiver when he was called upon. Yeah. Uh, so I think this season there's going to be a lot more pressure put on Tyler Lockett to perform. Mm-hmm. And I know the way he's come into the team, he's played really well. And they've used him on special teams. But I really think you'll be getting a running wide receiver. Uh, this season a lot more. And the other guy that I'm really desperate to see step up is a guy called Amara Darbo. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he... he, he, he uh, in the draft last year. Yep. He could be... He could certainly be the wild card this year. I definitely think but I'd really like to see him step up. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, obviously... Um, Everyone with Brendan Marshall coming over uh, and signing, everyone was thinking, wasn't quite sure how the depth chart kind of looks behind Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin's obviously, like I say, he's so good at getting open, so good on all, all his routes. And Russell Wilson, chemistry that they, they, those two have, you know, that's why Doug Baldwin's going to be quite a lot of wide receiver one picks in, in fantasy this season if you're going, obviously, running. He's going in the second round, so he's going to have to be your wide receiver one if you're going running back first round. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Doug, Doug Baldwin's a guy that I have a lot of my teams on in fantasy over the years, but it'd be interesting to see kind of what other guys can step up. Like, like say, Darbo there is one, is one I kind of circled as a kind of a, a deep, 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 deep sleeper, but he could potentially have a path to... You know, usurping Tyler Lockett and, and Brandon Marshall from you know to, to wide receiver two there, but they're, you know they're a team that are going to be throwing a lot. Russell Wilson obviously is going to be scrambling pretty much like he did last season, and I know that they are looking to do more tight end sets and, and do more power running, but I, yeah. I, I really can't see them being any different from last season in terms of of, of their balance on offense. No, I think it'll be pretty similar to last season. I just hope that we don't rely on Russell Wilson as much because I just. Worries me that if we lose Wilson, then we're absolutely finished because yeah. there is nobody on back off. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know that when 
when the Eagles lost Vegas, they were able to bring in Foles to the to the, to the Super Bowl. But I just don't see Seattle's backups taking them even as far as the playoffs if we lose Wilson. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know who the backups are there. <laughs> Austin Davis. Oh, Austin Davis. I called McGough was the round seven pick. Yeah. So Austin doesn't fill you with much hope. Austin Davis was he a former Browns quarterback? That's his name. That's his name. Oh, yeah. Might as well just you might as well have signed to Sean Kaiser, but there we go. He's gone to Green Bay as well. well Jay Cutler or something. Yeah. Like yeah. This room, yeah. If we carry on like that, so I'm really just hoping that we don't have to rely on as fantastic as he is at scrambling. I really don't want to rely on him as no. much as we did last season. No, and I say he. Yeah, he got a bit nicked up towards the end of the season as well. He, he was carrying injuries and stuff as well. So, yeah. We were doing really well and then we came up against, I think we went to Jacksonville against the Jags and the Jags defence were just all over him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would have been a field day. That would be a field day for them. It's like uh, the Jags, I've got Giants week one. That would be, be a similar uh, similar feast yeah. of, for, for Calais Campbell and, and, and all the rest of the guys there. But, um yeah, so whilst we're talking about Doug Baldwin and, and Russell Wilson, let's uh, let's play a little game. And um, we're going to play a little game on the, on the stats of last season. So I'm going to give you a choice, but we can probably do both as well. So uh, I'm going to give you a choice between Russell Wilson's passing yards and Doug Baldwin's receptions or touchdowns. So I'll, I'll let you choose, and I'll give you a couple of other players' names that finished in and around. And all you simply have to do is try and figure out who who finished higher. Right, I'll, I'll go with Doug Baldwin then. Okay, and do you want do you want receptions or touchdowns? Uh, touchdowns. Touchdowns. Okay. Who had to, who had more touchdowns in 2017? Doug Baldwin or Tyreek Hill? Doug Baldwin. Correct. Yes, correct. Uh, Doug Baldwin or Larry Fitzgerald? Ooh, that's tough. I would go Fitzgerald. No, they, Fitzgerald had less than Tyreek Hill. So uh, Fitzgerald only had six touchdowns last season, which is quite surprising considering that offense. Yeah. I thought you had quite a few with Johnson being out injured. Yeah, no, so did I, but they were, they were just awful last season. I think it was, who was it? Um, Drew Stanton was their quarterback for a while, wasn't he? Um, okay, yeah. moving on. Uh, Doug Baldwin or Marvin Jones, the Detroit Lions wide receiver? Uh, Jones. Yeah, Jones. Yeah, Jones. Yeah, Marvin Jones, correct. I thought that was quite a difficult one, that one. Um, he actually got um, quite a few, yeah. few touchdowns. I won't have given the numbers away just yet because we've got a couple more to go. But um, uh, Doug Baldwin or Brandon Cooks? Doug Baldwin. Uh, that is also correct. Doing very well, very well. Um, okay, so we'll move on. We'll do um, a couple of Russell Wilson ones. I think you got three out of four there. So who had more passing yards last season, Russell Wilson or Alex Smith? Ooh, that's tough. I think Alex Smith, probably. That is correct. Yeah, Alex Smith threw for four, over 4,000 yards. Uh, Russell Wilson didn't quite, didn't quite get there. So four, four out of five, that's not too bad. Joint, joint top of the, the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad at all. Um, yeah, a couple of the, the Doug Baldwin ones was, was, were quite difficult because obviously, you know, he is the focal point of that offense. But I didn't realize, obviously, Doug Baldwin got to eight touchdowns last season. But then when you think about it, you know, they only had one rushing touchdown. So where were all the other points coming from? Do you know what I mean? So they had, they had to be shared out somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, yeah, that's very true. And I think Paul Richardson had quite a high number of, of touchdowns last season. Off the top of my head, let me just have a quick yeah, look. Yeah, I think he got a good three or four. I think. Yeah, let me just have a quick look. Let me bring his stats up for Seattle for 2017. Paul Richardson, six touchdowns. Paul Richardson last season. Oh, that was more than I thought. Yeah, that's more than I thought as well. But you know, he had, he had quite a lot of big bombs. I mean, he had 44 receptions 
um, an average of 16 yards per catch, so 700 over 700 yards. So yeah, like I say, really, really big hole there. Paul Richardson has, has left in the team, but um, yeah, looking obviously bringing yeah, it on to, to next season. What? No, go on, you say. When you read Richardson's stats, there it means you wonder why we did let him go. Yeah, yeah, no, it's quite, it's quite high. Um, certainly the yardage was a lot higher than I thought. I mean, Doug Baldwin only had 991 yards, so yeah, it's not too far, yeah. too far down from from Baldwin there. But um, so 2018 then, Seattle Seahawks. What what are you looking for next season? What do you determine success, and what where, what what are you kind of hoping for from from a Seattle point of view? From a Seattle point of view, if we could split the Rams and the 49ers in that division, then I think we'll have had a successful season. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we used to kick off that division, and that would be six, six wins yeah. straight off the bat. Yeah. Uh, but that's changed dramatically over the last season with the Rams, and the 49ers are just a complete unknown quantity yeah. with Jimmy Garoppolo. We really don't know what way that's going to go, uh, which could be the same for the Rams. I mean, that team is like the Harlem Globetrotters of the NFL at the moment. Yeah, yeah especially that defence. Yeah, that locker room could implode or it could just be something the likes we've never seen before. So yeah. it could go either way. But if, I think if we can separate the Rams and the 49ers, that would actually be a pretty good season. And even if we get a wild card, I think we'd be happy with that. Yeah. So I suppose you're looking about, what, 8-8, and 9-7 eight, and eight, type season? 8-8, and 9-7 and seven would be good, yeah. I think 8-8 eight eight or 9-7 would be fantastic. Yeah. OK, cool. And I can see the Rams going on to something like... 12 and 4 or something like that. Yeah, no, no, I, I certainly think Rams, Rams for the division is one of the better bets for, for next season. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, certainly it'd be interesting to see kind of just the position in behind. I, I do think Rams will run away a bit, a bit this season. Next season might be a bit different because uh, obviously a couple of the players we need on defence will will want more money, especially like Sue and all the rest of them. But um, yeah, I mean, are there any players, so let's talk from a, from a, uh, a fantasy standpoint, are there any players from Seattle that you always draft? Or are, you, are you quite a homer in, in fantasy drafts? Well, I actually had, I've got, I had a few fantasy teams last year. My, I had Wilson, Budwin, uh, Baldwin and Graham on the same team. Oh, really? <laughs> so actually, I actually went the regular season, I think 10 and 1, and then the first playoff game was the night that, the Rams came to CenturyLink Field. Ah, uh, okay. They, Jimmy Graham scored minus points. Yeah. I think Russell Wilson was lucky to get double figures and the whole season collapsed around that one game. Uh, I kind of learned a lesson not to rely on one team. Yeah, no. Uh, because when they have one bad game, it can really sort of screw you up. But I think Doug Baldwin is a definitely wide receiver one, wide receiver two for any fantasy team. He's a fantastic player and Russell Wilson is up there in the top three or four fantasy quarterbacks without a doubt yeah yeah and that's obviously mainly mainly because of his running uh, rushing ability as well and oh, um, that, that obviously gets re- not an unfair advantage in fantasy but the, the ones that can run obviously are usually get more points than the, the guys that can the pocket passes like your Brady's you know he's not he's not going to get a Russian Russian touchdowns oh yeah no. Uh, you go into these fantasy drafts and you see people drafting Brady in, in rounds three or four and you go well, what are you doing because in fantasy he's not even in the top ten yeah uh, I mean, he, get, he gets quite a lot of yardage, but he's not—he's never—he's never, he's never going to rush. He's never going to rush for a lot of yardage. But no, um, so, so aside from fantasy, are there any players over the years that you've enjoyed watching or you like to watch? Are there any players that you'd like to have seen on the Seahawks? Well, when I started watching, uh, it was the Jerry Rose, Joe Montana yeah. the era of the Forty Niners, and then that went to the Steve Young era, and I just Jerry Rose was just a phenomenal player. His 
if you look at his stats, how far ahead he is of the second place guy, oh, it's night and day. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like five or six thousand yards. Yeah, he's just so far ahead of the guy that's in second. Yeah. Just, you can't get your head around that. No. But he, he was able to achieve that level of deduction. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, off the top of my head, I think it's over twenty thousand yards. I think it's a twenty-five thousand-ish or something like that. Some, uh, yeah, something, something. Yeah, the next guy's on about fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-blowing how that guy did it, and well, he obviously did it because he had two fantastic quarterbacks and a team that was built around them, really. Yeah. 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 No, crazy. Oh. I don't think it'd ever be ever be beaten to be quite honest, and um, yeah, no, yeah, fair, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, so. Okay, cool. So, yeah, are there any, are there any other teams that you like watching? Do you like have an AFC team you like, or? Yeah, well, I, I, the players I enjoy watching at the moment is Julio Jones for the Falcons. I think he's just a fantastic receiver to watch. The way he can pull the ball and keep his feet in bounds is just absolutely fantastic. And I get the same from DeAndre Hopkins at the Texans. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I remember the Texans Seahawks game last season. Was just probably from an entertainment point of view, that was probably the best game I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a that was a high score. And that was when you just, just Joshua Watson came and scored about five touchdowns on. And that was it. was at Seattle as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that the game that Watson got injured? Yeah, it was. That was the one that Watson went down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes with DeAndre Hopkins this season. Mm. I think they could be an absolute beast of a pairing. Yeah. Yeah, quite an interesting one that one. <laughs> Yeah, no, as I said, Joshua Watson, obviously, yeah, he's, he's one in fantasy that's been way, way, way overdrafted. But, yeah, so potentially, you know, you've got a star quarterback there, but it's, it's a small sample uh, size. But, yeah, quite a lot of people are trying to buy the ceiling of, of Joshua Watson. But, yeah, certainly, New Hopkins had a really good season last season. I think he had 12, 13 touchdowns uh, through the air. And quite New Hopkins isn't, is never a player I really I really draft. He's, he's not really someone I've ever been really interested in. Obviously, he's a really good player, and he always gets it done no matter what the quarterback is. You know, he's had some garbage quarterbacks there in, in, in Houston. But, oh, um, yeah. But I've, so. I've picked up... Uh, I've done a few drafts already. I've started to focus more on the dynasty side of it this year. Yeah. So, we've, we've done quite a few early dynasty drafts, so I'm tending to focus on maybe second or third year players. Yeah. Instead of going to the, the, the big names. So... Uh, I quite like the look of Kenyon Drake from the Dolphins okay. running back position. Yeah. And I know the, the, run, the, the Dolphins offense is absolutely atrocious, but I think he had good yardage. He was fantastic in the back end of last season. Mm. Yeah, Kenyon. Kenyon. Really good numbers. Yeah, Kenyon Drake was a guy I had. I think I had him one league. Um, Bit worried about Kalen Balage there in, in from this year's draft, but we we'll yeah we we'll see how that one plays out. But yeah, no, he certainly ran well quite in for, mo- for the most part last season. Um, yeah, yeah. Is there anyone anyone else from from a fantasy perspective that you you like drafting every year, or is there someone that you're potentially going for this year? Not to obviously give any spoilers away to you. Know? This year, I'm not going to give away all my secrets because I know I'm in a couple of leagues with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've got my pen and paper ready, so we'll, you can reel the list off. <laughs> uh, I've got faith in Josh Norman. Josh Norman? Josh, oh, Josh Gordon, the Cleveland Browns wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Josh Gordon, yeah. yeah. I'd really love to see him go big this season. Yeah. yeah. I know he's had a lot of problems in the past, but when he's on fire, he's just absolutely unbelievable. And I actually think the Browns will do really well this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Their offense is looking quite good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they've, they've only got a competent quarterback as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. I did have... A wee hot feeling for 
Peyton and Barber, the Buccaneers, but I'm not quite sure now they've drafted Ronald Jones where the Barber's going to get the snaps that he would have got. Yeah, it's an interesting. He came in and replaced Doug Martin. Yeah. To where was it back end the last year and was really, really productive for the Bucs. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one, that one. The NFL's most underperforming team. Yeah. Yeah, interesting, the, the Bucks one. That's a, that's a team that I'm keeping my eye on. I think they'll make a, a step forward this season and have quite a lot of points in their offence. But yeah, Peyton Barber, I, I, I think Ronald Jones will at, at some point be the number one there. But yeah, it, it might be a backfield to avoid because we're not quite sure how it plays out. But we have, we have to see what the preseason and mini camps kind of bring. But yeah, um, yeah. no, Ronald Jones is a name that I'm kind of eagling, uh, eagling. But you can have you can have Josh Gordon. I'm not too interested in Josh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, that, that kind of brings us to to the end of of uh, my team, my thoughts. But before we before we let you go, Neil, obviously you're you're quite heavily involved in everything uh, NFL. But say, for instance, uh, NFL or American football kind of gave up tomorrow and, or, and went home. What what would you what would replace that on a Sunday for you? I would probably reluctantly have to go back to watching the Premier League because I've actually seriously reduced the amount of Premier League football I watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll maybe just watch. One game a fortnight now, whereas I used to watch a couple of games every weekend, and I just enjoy watching the NFL so much more. I really love the competitiveness of the NFL. That you know, I, I know it's a cliche, but any given Sunday, you, you you could get a shock or a result. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's why that's the beauty of the NFL is that you know you can be really good. You know, look at the NFC the NFC East, and you know, obviously my Cowboys. One year we're top of the league, and then top of the division. One year we you know we're going to be struggling. Um, but yeah, that's partly why I love the NFL. Oh, absolutely. So, Neil, thank you so much for coming on. And like I say, if you if you wanted to get involved with the How Mary Hits, you can find them on Facebook and, and Twitter as well. Just search How Mary Hits. If you want to get in touch with Neil Elliott, uh, be a member of, of the fan groups there. His, his uh, social media head is at Neil Elliott. That's double L for Neil, N-E-I-L-L-E-L-L-I-O-T. Neil, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. And I look forward to matching up against you in fantasy this season. Thanks for having me, Tom. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you and good luck. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. If you heard any background noise there from the rabbits, I do apologise. I will sort them out and put them in a stew for the weekend. Neil Elliott there with the thoughts on Seattle Seahawks. And like I say, if you want to talk about your team on this show, get in touch with us on social media or the email is 14yards at gmail.com. Love to have you on. I think we've gone through nine or ten now, so there's, there's plenty. There's ample more teams out there if, you, if you're a Browns fan. If you are, I, I don't know, Dallas fan, love to for someone to come on, on the show and talk Cowboys with me. If you're an Eagles fan, that'd be an, that'd be a good one as well. Um, but any, any teams that we haven't done yet, please get in touch with the show. We'd love to have you on. That is my my team, my thoughts segments. But like I say, at the beginning of the show, we're going to mix it up the next couple of ones. We've got Lee Wakefield coming on hopefully tomorrow. Uh, we'll post that up on Friday. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, early season predictions for divisions and some of the awards, uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, MVP and, and, and what have you there. So also on the lookout for someone more dynasty-minded. So if you are an expert in dynasty startups or dynasty rankings and want to talk dynasty perspective type of analysis, get in touch with us. That'd be great. But that's going to do it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back again, I think, on Friday and uh, going to be doing some more articles as well at the weekend. And in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks 
for listening to the Full 10 Yards podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.